everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. I am in the podcast studio for our 200th episode with Mr. David Peniel. Hey, I'm glad to be here, Emma. And like, we need some fanfare oh, right yeah. now because it is the 200th episode. I was here for the 100th. It's good to have you back. I'm just so excitable. I love it. Okay. Well, hey, we've got a lot to cover today. Should we just jump right into oh, it? Absolutely. Wait, let me do a little. There's a horn and then we need cheering. It's 200 episodes. Yay. Yay. Okay. <laughs> What do we got today? We are in Acts chapter 11. All right. And I have a lot that I read in Acts chapter 11, and we are going to buzz through it. Okay. So, Emma, here's what we're going to do. I couldn't narrow it down. I've got five observations that I made from this chapter, and I think all of them just hit me in different ways. Okay. So, I'm going to go. You see if you can track with me. Awesome. All right. Here's observation number one is from the first part of this chapter, verses 1 through 18. And I, I would just classify this as inclusion. I see inclusion in the early church, and that's kind of like a buzzword today of, you know, and it can mean different things to different people. So, let's see what it means in Acts chapter 11. All right. right? So, um, we see a recap of basically the story from chapter 10. You got Peter, a Jew, and Cornelius, a Gentile, and they are forging unity because of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. And it's just a testimony that all are welcome in the family of God. And I thought today's Devo writer, Ellie Blocker, a high school student, did a great job of capturing this. She wrote, the gift of salvation is not dependent on our backgrounds, the weight of our past sins, or our current surroundings and culture, because his salvation is free to anyone who will accept it. Who are we to deem other sins as dirtier than ours. And so I just loved that reminder that anyone can repent of their sins and, and receive eternal life. And so, look, we can't assume that anyone is closed off because of their cultural background, and we can't assume that anyone is too far gone because of their sin. We should share the good news with everyone. I love so, it. Inclusion was a great reminder uh, for me uh, in verses 1 through 18. Let's go to observation number two. Um, and here's what I would, how I'd classify that one. Suffering can spread good news. All right, so you see right after that uh, in verses 19 through 21, the believers had been scattered because of the persecution of the early church. Specifically, Stephen had been killed. He'd mm-hmm. been stoned. And so people were like, we got to get out of town. They're killing Christians. Oh, yeah. Um, and and that's a bad thing. Feeling threatened and also having to pack up and move, bad, bad. Mm-hmm. But God used it for good. And as the believers were scattered, they spread the good news and they preached the word of God to Jews and Gentiles alike and large numbers believed and turned to the Lord. And so, man, this is just a great example of, you know, Romans 8, 28, God working all things to good. Uh, Genesis 50, what man intended for evil, God used for good. Um, And I see that in our church. And I just want to give a shout out to people like Julie Nicholson and Lynette Thweet, who started a a ministry called Shift. Um, It's a grief recovery ministry for kids and teens, but it was born out of their own loss and grief. Mm. And man, I just see them as as a modern day example of how suffering is leveraged to spread the good news. I love that because 
those experiences, they don't feel good, but they're used for good. And I think that's an important distinction. Absolutely. And there's so many other examples. We've got dealing with divorce for teens and ministries uh, for abortion recovery, victims of abuse. We have regeneration recovery. We have re-engage for marriages. And all of those were started by members of our church, and they're led by members of our church who have suffered greatly, but Mm. now they're spreading the good news out of that suffering. What hope amazing. What a hopeful message. All right. Do you remember observation number one? Inclusion. Observation number two? Suffering can spread good news. All right. We're trucking along. Observation number three, verse 21, big is not necessarily bad. This is a theme of the book of Acts, okay? Oh, yeah. And look, in today's world, let's just be honest, there are a lot of haters out there who think mega churches are evil. But guys, we should never criticize or reject a church just because of its size. Size is not in and of itself uh, evil, all right? If you did that, you'd have to reject the early church in the book of Acts. I mean, throughout, if you, this is a theme, the whole book, 3,000 people like came to Christ and joined the church. Chapter two. Chapter two, chapter four, that number increased to 5,000. Chapter five, it says more and more were added. Chapter six, it says that church rapidly multiplied. And then later in this chapter, it says many people were brought to the Lord and Paul and Barnabas were teaching large crowds of people. And sometimes we get in our head, oh, the early church, those were a bunch of house churches. 20 people or less. Yeah, it's like a little family and and, their servants and that's the church. Um, But this church in Jerusalem and that we see in Antioch and different places, they were big and growing. Mm-hmm. And so that's not necessarily a bad thing, okay? So we should be zealous, guys, for more and more people to come to know the Lord in our neighborhoods and our city and all around the world. And so we should be sharing the good news. And people in Dallas should be coming to faith in Christ. And as our church grows, guys, we don't need to be embarrassed about being a part of a big church. We can celebrate it. Yes. Now, if we're an unhealthy church, that's mm-hmm. a problem. If we're a prideful church, that's a problem. There's or if a lot we of, think we grew it ourselves. Yes. That's a problem. There's a lot of problems that could result from it, but big is not necessarily bad. That's my third observation. We'll recap the other two here in a second, but okay. let's go to number four. Uh, I call this one best supporting actor, and this is the most personal thing I got from this chapter. In verses 22 through 26, we read about Barnabas. And I just stopped for a second and reflected on how Paul and Peter were the stars of the early church. The story in Acts really follows them, but there's all these other sort of supporting actors, and Barnabas is one of them. Um, And I just kind of thought about my own life and how I've never felt like I've been the star. I don't believe I'm the best looking person in the world or I've never been the most popular in groups that I've been in. I'm not the most charismatic, the most brilliant. I'm not famous. I'm not rich. I'm not an influencer on social media. And I'm definitely not like the alpha male kind of guy, okay? If you can tell from my voice, I'm a little scrawny and that's okay. But I've always been a supporting actor sort of in every group and you know role I've been in. And I just had to ask the question, you know, all right, if that's a reality, David, are you okay with that? And verse 24, this is the verse I really want to read uh, about Barnabas. It says this, Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and strong in faith. And many people were brought to the Lord. Man, if those words were said about me, 
and I wasn't ever the star of the show, I just got to say, that is enough for me. That's it. Okay. All right. Can you recap all four? Because we're moving fast. Yes. Okay. We've got inclusion, the gospel's for everybody. Mm -hmm. Number two, suffering can spread good news. Yes. Big is not necessarily bad. Amen. And four, celebrating Barnabas as the best supporting actor. All right. And observation number five is, is the most convicting for me, and it's just about generous giving. From verse 29, the believers in Antioch uh, decided to send relief to the believers in Judea who were in need. And it says this, everyone was giving as much as they could. And man, there's so much need around us in our city and in the world. And our church has provided avenues to participate in so many different ways. I mean, we have uh, physical needs being met through our Watermark Health Clinic, through the Community Development Corporation, um, through Compassion International, sponsoring kids in El Salvador, through missionaries that are reaching unreached people groups in Asia and the Middle East, through high school kids going to Camp Barnabas to serve individuals with special needs, on and on. The list is, is long, but am I doing as much as I can to support those ministries, specifically financially. Because mm-hmm. some of them, I'm not able to be 10 places at once. Sure. And so I am I was just confronted with that question as I read this chapter is, am I giving as much as I can to finance relief for the physical needs of people? And in doing so, testifying to the love of God and opening the door for the good news of Jesus Christ. All right, so that's the fifth one. That's the is fifth one. Generous giving. We've got all five. Uh, You want to recap them or you want to close us out? I think I'm closing us out. I think we got it. Do it. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, David, thanks for being here. It has been a great 200 episodes. We'll have to have you back for 300 next year. I'm in. And as always, I am so glad we're all in this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.